Welcome to the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck oh Program. My gosh, and that's my name. How weird is that? What a coincidence that Glenn Beck would be on the Glenn Beck Program welcoming you to, yes, uh, Thursday. And we have a new... Uh, we have a new court system that you've probably not heard of. I know I hadn't heard of it. And for the life of me, I can't figure out exactly what it is in a good way. Um, let's put it this way. If you're worried about the growth of government and surveillance on you and, and controlling every aspect of your life, your mood's not going to improve much with this new secret court that Joe Biden has uh, hatched up and put in through executive order. We don't know much about it, but what we do know seems troublesome. We'll give it to you here in 60 seconds. Several years ago, I completely changed the way I sleep for the better when I started using a little product called MyPillow. I found that uh, out of all the great products they make, MyPillow is absolutely game-changing, but they also have game The slippers, I'm telling you, are great they're great if you haven't had the pleasure or even if you had now is the best possible time to look at some of the products that my pillow has because they're having a massive blowout sale 50 percent off the my pillow 2.0 50 percent off their new flannel sheets the six pack towel set going for 29.98 my pillow take advantage of their free shipping especially on larger items such as the mattress toppers 100% made in the USA, and they're on sale now for $99.99. You'll also find sales on their kitchen towels, their dog beds, their blankets, and so much more, all with a promo code back. To find the offers, just go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Special Square and check out everything that I've mentioned and more that's on sale. Remember, enter the promo code back or call 800-966-3117 for these specials, plus free shipping. Uh, this comes from Politico today uh, in a deal to let companies. And I'd like you to stop me when you don't understand something or you think you can explain it, Stu. OK. <laughs> OK. All right. So, so uh, this, one is, this one's a wild one mm-hmm. in a deal to let companies keep trading transatlantic data. The White House built an opaque new forum that could affect national security and privacy rights without any paper trail. The, I mean, there's a lot of questions in that paragraph, but usually the opening one's setting you up for the explanation. So perhaps I should wait a second. At an undetermined date in an <laughs> undisclosed location, the Biden administration began operating a secretive new court to protect <laughs> Europeans' privacy rights under U.S. law. Known officially as the Data Protection Review Court, It was authorized in an October 2022 executive order to fix a collision of European and American law that had been blocking the lucrative flow of consumer data between American and European companies for three years. Now, this is because Europe has just put in a very strong privacy law Mm -hmm. and they're enforcing those things. Well, We have a problem exchanging data now because of their privacy laws. The court's eight judges, eight judges were named last November, including 
Oh, Attorney General Eric Holder. He's trustworthy. Oh, good. Its existence has allowed companies to resume the lucrative transatlantic data trade with the blessing of EU officials. The, what is the lucrative transatlantic data trade? Yeah, well, don't know. I, I, they say that it's companies, but then, then it, then you just listen to the whole story. I, I mean, they say that's companies trading data, uh, or like for instance, Facebook having servers here with European data on their servers. Okay. Okay. So you could argue maybe that this needs to be sorted out because it's there's nothing nefarious going on here, right? It's just uh-huh. it's just why the secrecy? Very um, very strange. Also, did we have a I mean we cover the news every day. Did we have a new bill that created this no, 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 was this, there a new discussion? I, what where was the no, debate? No, no, no. I don't no, remember executive the Senate. order. A, a, a dictate. A dictate from it can create new courts new courts new courts wow now the next sentence you because you understand clearly what we're talking about right the Mm. next sentence of this article is the details get blurry after that okay so that what we just had was the focus part yes okay Okay, it's going to get a little blurry now okay the court's location is a secret the department of justice will not say if it has taken a case yet why would you hide the location of a court that is overseeing the data transfers Mm. what on earth why would that need to be a secretive location no idea though the court has a clear mandate ensuring europeans their privacy rights under u.s law its decisions will also be kept a secret from both the EU residents petitioning the court and the federal agencies tasked with following the law. Wait, wait. So someone in the EU comes to the American court that the we secret court that they don't know where the location is, right? Or I don't know how to really contact them. Don't know anything. So when that happens, which I would assume would be very infrequently, yes. but when they do. They go through some sort of case and then they don't get to know the result of the case. Well, it's not only that. Plaintiffs okay. are also not allowed to appear in person and are represented. Well, how could they? They don't know where it is. Correct. <laughs> and are represented by a special advocate appointed by the U.S. Attorney General. Okay, so. Okay, so. Hey, like, somebody, hey I've got a problem with my data. Right. And I go to this court that I don't know where it is. And you can't actually go to the court. I can't actually. I'm not physically go. I right. just like a t- I contact them. They right. create a case. And they assign an advocate for me to argue the case. But right. I can't know where, the, where it is, when it's going on, and what the outcome is? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just to restore some trust. Oh, good. Critics worry that it'll tie the hands of intelligence agencies with an unusual power. It can make binding decisions on surveillance practices with federal agencies, which won't be able to challenge those decisions. Hmm. Now, I thought this was about corporate data transfers. Hey, what does this have to do with intelligence agencies? Until there's some clarity on how that's going to operate, I think you could expect the intelligence community to be nervous about what it might mean, especially since it's not even clear what its caseload is going to look like. Hmm. For the European citizens, it's supposed to help. The picture is just as murky. Private advocates argue that it will be nearly impossible for European residents to bring cases, given that they will 
have to know that they're being surveilled to file a complaint. Right. Quote, I don't think anyone sitting around in Spain is unhappy about his visa being denied uh, and is going to a uh, is going to think that it could be based on data transfers to the U.S. and go through this process. Wait a minute. I thought I know I thought we were talking about corporations trading data. What would that have to do with a visa Visa. being denied? from The government. It's weird, huh? It's it feels like and, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, but it feels like what's actually happening is that companies, let's say in the United States, are capturing data and then EU governments are buying the data from the companies in the United States. Or the or opposite, right? Where it's illegal for us to spy on Europeans. Right. Or, I mean, on Americans. And it's illegal for them to spy on uh, Europeans. So. We spy on the Europeans. They spy on the Americans. And it goes through companies that are just uh-huh. in a international data trade, which is quote-unquote lucrative. Correct. Mm. For the business community, however, the court has already done its first job. Its very existence allowed EU regulators to finally bless the resumption of the cross-border data transfers. Oh, good. Now, I'm not kidding. Here's the next sentence. What happens next or perhaps is already happening, is far less clear. <laughs> so, wait, the part before this was the clear part. I thought no, no, no. The two part parts was, before. Two parts before was the clear part. Then it got murky. Murky or blurry. Yeah, blurry. And now it gets even less clear. Got it. Okay. So now you can't even see light no, at this point. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The Data Protection Review Court is a solution to a transatlantic problem that had bedeviled much of corporate America and big tech companies in particular. The global trade in personal data is large and growing up to $7.1 trillion between the U.S. and the EU alone, but governed by legal regimes that differ sharply across borders. The private data of Europeans. Now, again, we're back to the corporations, right? Next paragraph. The private data of of European citizens can legally be surveilled by U.S. intelligence agencies. But unlike Americans, Europeans have no recourse under American law if agencies overreach. Again, I thought, is this an example of a public-private partnership? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, it seems like they're going around these rules by creating a, a, a... a, an, an entity yep. within some new industry where they can just make these data transfers occur without them going legally from government to government. As Europe began to implement its stringent 2018 data privacy law that the imbalance set badly with EU authorities and in both a 2015 and 2020 ruling, a European court barred companies outright from transferring or processing EU citizens data in the U.S., or at least until the citizens had a way to pursue their rights. So they can now take the data out. They couldn't before. But now that they've done this secret court, they can take the data out because apparently people in Europe will know when they're being surveilled, when their data has been used against them, and they'll have a secret court to go. And they, they, I mean, they, you know, that's their recourse. They won't know if anything's been done. Yeah, this seems like one of those things that in five years, when we find out they've been doing it all the time, 
they will say, well, no one ever asked in court. We got that court set up. Yeah. And no one ever showed up. Yeah. It's weird. We had like no cases for five years. I, it seemed like no one had a problem with what was going on, I guess. So I don't know who appointed the judges, but the one that announced the judges is Merrick Garland. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think he's, I think it said earlier in the article that the AG was the one who did it. Oh, good, good. So, yeah, good. It, so he it is Garland. Good. So mm-hmm. it's Garland. Uh, four of them have deep-rooted experience with classified information from their previous careers in the NSA and National Security Council. Oh, good. Or the Department of Justice. Oh. Oh, perfect. Okay. We've seen no problems in those oh, arenas at no. all lately. No. When intelligence agencies are, you know, the watchdogs of themselves, what, what? could possibly well, yeah. go wrong? What could go wrong? They're the experts in themselves. Experts believe the intelligence community is cautiously waiting for the court's decisions with the hopes there won't be new restrictions imposed on its operations. The judge's final authority, however, creates a degree of concern. That finality could create an unanticipated problem for the administration, according to some intelligence experts. They believe the court could not just constrain the government's spying activity in specific cases, but set precedents that cut against the administration policy of what of spying on you. We're talking about a secret court, a secret agency whose location we don't know. We know nothing about it. We know no, we have no idea what court cases are going through and uh, it could, they're worried that it could set a precedent to cut against the administration policy. Of what? I thought we were talking about corporate data transfers. And protecting Europeans. Uh-huh. What, why would this... The executive order's language, however, specifies the court's ruling should apply only to the individual case that they are hearing, which we won't know about, nor will the people who brought the case. How could it apply to other cases if no one knows what the result is? Though experts believe decisions could still create an unofficial precedent for other surveillance operations. Hmm. Again, surveillance operations. Wow. I thought it was like, you know, um, corporations, some handbag company is trading data with some department store overseas. Right. I thought that's what we were... We're not talking about that. No, we're not. Sounds lucrative. A citizen compliant first has to shuttle between an EU data protection official and the U.S. Office of the Director of National Intelligence, which will decide whether there was a civil rights violation from the data collection. So the National Intelligence Agency is going to decide whether or not that's even worth bringing up to the court. Regardless of the results, the response to the initial complaint will neither confirm nor deny that the EU resident was under U.S. surveillance. This is insanity. If you don't think our government is built a a secret court on surveillance that you don't have access to. If you don't think that we are living in uh, a time where this administration and past administrations have been building a a cage for you where they know absolutely everything about you you're you're fooling yourself and you don't have a way to stop it 
I mean, well, you could, of course, apply. You'll find that in the uh, blue pages, I'm sure, mm-hmm. in, your, uh, in your phone book. I mean, it sounds worrisome. <laughs> but at the end of the day, remember, Eric Holder is there to watch the process. Amen, and so we brother. should be Thank fine. you for that ray of sunshine. All right. Uh, if you're hoping, you know, that your time machine is going to bring you back to the 1930s and meet Hitler, you probably would want to bring a gun along. Um, but let's say you're going a little further back. You want to meet, I don't know, Woodrow Wilson. Then you're going to want something non-lethal, something to stun the crap out of him to maybe rethink his policies. Not be, by the way, I'm still going in my time machine loaded for bear, you know. Um, but I should take a Berna launcher. It's a non-lethal alternative to safeguarding your home that will teach somebody a very painful but non-lethal lesson. It is legal in all 50 states. No permits, no background checks required. I don't, I don't want my wife pulling out her gun unless she knows she has to kill that person. I mean, that's the first thing we both learned. You don't pull your gun unless you're ready to kill them. Um, but... If my wife is freaked out and somebody's coming at her car and she's, you know, at the gas station, I want her to be able to put that guy down or incapacitate him. Uh, and that's what the Berna launcher does. It has kinetic rounds and tear gas. This isn't pepper spray. This is tear gas. It will incapacitate that attacker for 40 minutes. Berna, B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. Get 10% off your purchase. It's Berna.com slash Glenn. B-Y-R-N-A dot com slash Glenn. 10 seconds. Station ID. Glad we got that out of our system now. Now there's uh, really nothing else weird uh, going on. Um, Well, I mean... Okay, there is this. This happened at the World Economic Forum. Um, it's a uh, it's a speaker, Jojo. I guess it's Meta. She is from the Stop Ecoside International. Here's what she had to say yesterday at the World Economic Forum. Ecoside as a word is becoming more, it's becoming better known around the world. And the concept is generally mass damage and destruction of nature. Um, But legally speaking, um, what our organisation and other collaborators aim to do is to have this recognised legally as a serious crime. Because one of the issues that sort of pervades all of this discussion is that we have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. Um, And that, I mean, you know, if you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. Um, And so, unlike an international crime like genocide that involves a specific intent, with ecocide, what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do, is make money, is is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are... um, you know, producing energy and so on um, as well. But what's, it, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage that happens with that. Mm-hmm. With farming and fishing, and like I said, Christmas tree farms, that's mass genocide. Happens every year. And nobody says anything about people coming 
into those farms with axes and chainsaws. Imagine if somebody walked into your child's school and cut their ankles, cut them at their ankles, and then just hauled them away. And then not to mention prop their body up in their living rooms for a month. Genocide. It's disgusting as their body decays. This is unbelievable. Now, fishing and farming is ecocide. What these people are planning and plotting, and it's the damn hippies again. Uh, What they are plotting and planning will mean starvation, cold, heat, no transportation. That's what they're actually planning. They are a, it's a death cult. This is an absolute death cult. I don't know. If we don't farm, a lot of people starve. But you worry about that tree. You go ahead and do that. People are planting trees. We have more trees in America than we had 200 or 500 years ago. What are you talking about? Ecocide. Oh, no, wait. It gets weirder from there. (laughs) We'll show you next. Let me tell you about uh, Rough Greens. Giving your dog the healthiest, happiest life you can isn't just a nice thing to do. It's your responsibility as a pet owner. Oh, my gosh. Do you own pets? Oh, you're as bad as those slave owners of the 18. Oh, my gosh. Your dog is part of the family. Uh Uh-huh. Sure it is. You love him and you want the best for him. Yeah, as long as you can pet him. (sighs) Owners. That's exactly uh, how I feel about my dog, Uno. I want to give him the very, very best. I've been feeding him kibble food. We've gone from, you know, regular kibble food to the really expensive prescription kind of pet, you know, uh, kibble food. And you're like, geez, for the love of Pete. And he eats it like, you know, a kibble bit at a time. And he just leaves most of it uneaten. That's when I heard about Rough Greens. And uh, I talked to the naturopathic doctor, Dennis Black, who came up with this. He said, oh, your dog will eat this. You just sprinkle it on that food and he'll eat whatever's in the bowl. Uh, That's all I wanted out of it, but I've seen a huge difference in my dog ever since. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Boy, are the intelligence agencies freaking out about Donald Trump. I heard an interview with uh, somebody from the intelligence agencies over in England, and they said Donald Trump being elected is a national security threat to England. Uh, And we needed to ponder that and uh, realize what's at stake here. Uh, Excuse me? If all of the intelligence agencies and everybody is saying that this man is a threat to their countries, uh, do you, does anybody think that they're going to allow him? This is so dangerous. Who are these people to make these decisions instead of us? It is, it's absolutely insane. Now, Donald Trump has a way to go, but he's 16 points ahead uh, of, uh, of Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. 
don't know what's happening in South Carolina yet, but we happen to have somebody from South Carolina, South Carolina uh, State Representative uh, Adam Morgan. He is uh, with the um, Freedom Caucus there. He's actually the chairman, uh, and we uh, appreciate you coming on. I wanted to get you on. Hey, Glenn. I-, I wanted to get you on for a couple of reasons. One, do you have any idea what's going to happen uh, with the vote between Nikki Haley and and President Trump? I would predict a very similar outcome to Iowa. Okay. And I don't know that there's too much difference uh, with our values. Uh, I think uh, people here are very uh, pro-Trump. Uh, in my area, there's some a lot of people that I like DeSantis, too. I, I'm not seeing much uh, uh, action or movement for Nikki at all. Huh. Um, okay. So, Adam, you are part of the Freedom Caucus, and uh, I understand that the rhinos there are are trying to thwart uh, anything that you guys are trying to do. They're, they're muzzling you guys. How? Yeah. Well, you know, you actually had me on the program uh, several months ago when yep. they kicked us out of Republican caucus right. over that loyalty pledge. They said we couldn't share pictures of the public voting board uh, with constituents because it made other Republicans look bad. They said we couldn't uh, endorse or campaign against other members, even if they did something illegal or immoral. Now, here we are months later, and one of the chairmen, a Republican, gets busted for telling lobbyists, give me campaign cash and I will move your bills out of committee. And he's currently being oh investigated gosh. and been referred to, oh yeah, referred to a prosecutor. He is still in House leadership. And no one that signed that pledge can call him out because they signed a crony, unprecedented pledge, uh, but they kicked us out for not, uh, you know, not signing it. Well, then, just last week, they decide that since they can't silence us by kicking us out of their caucus, you know, their closed-door caucus meetings, they're going to change House rules to make it so that we can't offer amendments on the floor. Now, yesterday we took up the Help Not Harm bill, which is a bill that uh, prohibits transgender surgeries on minors. And during that debate, they didn't have criminal penalties on, you know, for uh, physicians that do this. They didn't have reporting requirements for parents, for kids at school when they're transitioning and the parents aren't aware all of our Freedom Caucus members, we offered a bunch of those amendments up and made them take hard votes. They actually voted down criminal penalties. And then Riley Gaines jumps in on Twitter and blasts them all and says they all need to be primaried. Well, they do a 180. They pull an amendment and it passes strong, makes it a felony, (laughs) all because of the Freedom Caucus amendments and because of the information to the public. Well, they want to change House rules now that we can't offer amendments. Literally, a playbook, like straight out of the Nancy Pelosi playbook, they're going to remove uh, the ability to make motions on the floor, and they're going to make it so that the majority leader and minority leader get to handpick which amendments get heard on bills like Help Not Harm, Save Women's Sports, you know, Constitutional Carry, whatever it is. I mean, so it it is literally a full-court press to silence and marginalize conservative members who will not go along to get along, won't sign their pledges, you know, won't uh, fall in line and accept weak, watered-down, token bills. Uh, you know, we're just done with that. There's so many, uh, I, I believe, so many conservatives across the country who are, are recently elected who are just, we're sick of the same old, same old. Like, we're going to fight. We're going to stand up. We're going to make them take hard votes. And when we do, we win. So what is, <laughs> wow, I, I mean, you guys have a constitution, don't you? I, I mean... Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We do. The thing, so the, the thing is, they can set 
House rules. So uh, thankfully, we actually got it beat uh, last week. We, a lot of grassroots got uh, focused on this. They heard about these rules and started calling their legislators, which I once again will urge anyone listening, if you're in the state of South Carolina right now, go to South, South Carolina House of Representatives, find your legislator and, and email them and, or call them and tell them, do not pass Nancy Pelosi rules that restrict the conservatives' ability to legislate. Like, I mean, you've got to do it because really what I've learned in my time in office, the only way we really win is if the people are behind us. But you have to have, you know, you have to have legislators who are willing to stand and make the fight and inform the public. And then you've got to have the public actually pressuring uh, the, the rest of the body to do what's right. And uh, so that, that's what we're doing. We're focused on that. We, you know, we amend legislation at every turn. Uh, and, and we've been so effective. Uh, the assistant majority leader, a Republican, uh, this, just this week went to a lobbyist special interest group on stage and urged them. They said, you've got to donate and recruit candidate, candidates against Freedom Caucus Republicans and get them out. They're crazy. They're too conservative. You need to help us get rid of these people. This is a Republican leader. And they, they spent $700,000 in attack ads in less than a year on my 17 members. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, it is, they're doing everything they can to stamp out the conservative movement in South Carolina. And yet we keep winning. And I, like I said, the, the way we're doing it is because of the people. And so we've got to get this information out there. Uh, that's why I'm so grateful for you and people like you who have these platforms that can help inform people and let them know about what's going on. Uh, I find this absolutely despicable, um, remarkable in some uh, aspects, but absolutely predictable with what the the GOP now represents. The GOP, I'm so sick and tired of hearing how we're radical when all we (laughs) want is constitutional rule. That's all we want. We'll live with the vote of the people as long as it's fair. We'll live with the vote of the people. We'll live with the process. You know, you take a vote. You disagree. But I am so sick and tired of being labeled a radical when all I want is a group of people to execute their oath of office and protect yep. and defend the Constitution of the United States and to actually represent the people. These people, yep. I, I'm telling you, both parties are so damn corrupt they get it's their a uniparty. They, yes, it is. It's an absolute <laughs> it, it uniparty. Absolutely. You know, at that same event I was talking about, the assistant majority leader says we need to raise money against these crazies. He's immediately echoed and followed by the minority leader of the Senate, a Democrat who said, I couldn't agree more. You know, we got to get rid of these nudge. I mean, so you have literally Republican and Democrats agreeing we've got to get rid of the people who have passed Save Women's Sports, who have passed constitutional carry. Who have you know? We were the ones that did all the election integrity, the, the prohibition on vaccine mandates. Every one of those bills came from Freedom Caucus members. That's who they think's crazy. <laughs> you almost can't make it up. But the people, everyone knows that this is going on. The question is, what's the remedy? The remedy is we've got to have good, strong, principled, courageous people to run for office. And if you're listening right now and you live in the state of South Carolina, you need to consider running for office this cycle. You, you have overwhelming majority of members in the legislature who do not represent your values. They don't want to vote on the record. They don't want to, to change or fix things or do any work. And we've got to have a better quality of candidate. It's one of the reasons I'm running for Congress. I, like, I think the, the same thing is needed there. We need conservatives to run at all levels. 
the county, the state, the federal people who will go in and not just be all talk, not just, you know, smile and say, oh, yeah, I'm a Republican. And they actually say, you know what? I know what my principles and values are. I know what my constituents want. I'm going to use the office that I have to implement my worldview, the principles I hold dear, the constitutional principles that I know are rooted in truth, and I'm going to implement them in the world around me and defend what I hold dear. And we've done that. We've shut down a pediatric transgender clinic here in South Carolina. We sued uh, school districts that were blatantly teaching CRT when no one would do anything about it. My caucus sued, and we won both cases, and it's out of the schools. I mean, we, we, we win when you fight, but you have to have people who are willing to have the backbone and fight. And you need the people behind you. Uh, this yeah. <laughs> is this is our constitutional duty. This is what we are supposed to do as people. I know people say, I'm tired of calling them all the time. But that's how we got into this situation. We didn't pay attention. We didn't call. We weren't involved. And they knew that. And so yeah. this whole thing went corrupt. Our constitutional uh, duty is to be informed and to make your voice heard. So if you're in South Carolina, I want you to call your legislator and say, do not pass the Nancy Pelosi House Rules Bill. It's it's an abomination. When yeah. you are silencing representatives of people and you're not allowing them to say, I'd like to suggest uh, an amendment to this. I'd like to change this a little bit and suggest that. When you can't even allow them to speak, you know, you know you're on the losing side. Only the losing yeah. side does that. Uh, well, you're, you're, you're neutering the institution. Yes. I mean, you're literally silencing people who represent 700,000 South Carolinians. Amazing. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for everything yeah, you well, guys do. So Anything that uh, anything that we can ever do for you guys in the Freedom Caucus, and I mean this countrywide, uh, you just let me know. Thanks, Adam. That's Adam Morgan. He is South Carolina State Representative and the uh, Freedom Caucus chairperson. Nothing surprises me anymore. Nothing. Nothing surprises me. You know, I was just looking up as we were doing this interview. I was looking up at one of the television screens from one of the you know networks. And they had uh, the gang of four up, the people that are making all the decisions. And you have Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell. Then you have Hakeem Jeffries and Mike Johnson. Tell, tell me, maybe Mike, the jury is still out on a little bit. I don't know. But the other three, what is the difference between them? Really, what is the difference between them? And they're the ones that are deciding what bills come up, if you can offer an amendment or not. That's not constitutional rule. There's no debate. When is the last time you heard people on the floor actually debate stuff? When? When was the last time you heard them go to the floor and say, hey, should we go to war or not? Your voice isn't being representative, represented, and you know this because your representative, most likely, like all of my representatives, say the same thing. Why am I even here? I don't have a voice. 
They don't, we're not voting on things. We're just, they shove a bill in our face and we've got two hours to go over it, which is impossible. And then you vote for it. And if you don't, then you're going to be punished by the party. That is Soviet Union stuff. I urge you. He's exactly right. If you think at all right now when I say this, that you should run for office and you have a feeling in the pit of your stomach like, oh, crap, then run for office. Run for office. Know the Constitution inside and out and run for office. It's the only way this thing is going to be taken back. Do you know why the WEF is so freaked out right now? Little fact I shared last night on TV, I'll share with you in a second. It'll boggle your mind. You'll understand exactly why they are trying to silence all of the voices now. Why that is their number one priority this year. Can't wait. Number one priority. What is that priority and why? I'll tell you next. There's a massive difference between Mitch McConnell and Hakeem Jeffries, though. Really? Yeah, Jeffries has never paused for 45 seconds in the middle of a speech. You know what? You're right. Come on. You're right. If the world went crazy tomorrow, would you be able to survive the panic that ensued? Would you have enough food to eat? Experts say that we need at least three months of emergency food if you want to be properly prepared. My Patriot Supply is the nation's leader in high-quality emergency food. And uh, to provide a perfect way for your family to have peace of mind... Uh, in tough times is to be prepared. They'll help you prepare for the worst of times, and we hope for the best of times. You can get started today by going to mypatriotsupply.com. You can save $200 on an essential three month emergency food kit. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families prepare for emergencies, and yours should be next. Sealed inside the ultra durable packaging, they're delicious meals. They last up to 25 years in storage and provide over 2,000 calories a day. Eat right when things go wrong in these in these times. Get a three month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply with $200 in savings. You can get one for each member of your family. MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Get even more, Glenn. Subscribe to the Glenn Beck Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So, why is it that the elites are freaking out and trying to do everything they can to silence you. Why is this the number one concern of the World Economic Forum? They say, put even the ecological stuff to the side. This year, it has to be mis- and disinformation and controlling the narrative. Why? As I showed you on uh, TV last night on my Wednesday night special, which is a don't miss if you really want to understand the world, Um, I showed you a chart started in 1800 and it tracks the number of people uh, and elections that are happening in any given year worldwide. This year, 2024, there are more elections happening worldwide for national leaders and national representatives than ever before in human history. 
This is a global problem. This is not Republicans and Democrats. This is people versus elites. And you know something's wrong. You know it. You're feeling it. They're holding it together as long as they can, because if you turn on them in the polls, then this whole thing is over, and they know it. The Glenn Beck Program.